0: If you would not be forgotten, as soon as you were dead, either write something worth reading or do something worth writing. That's Benjamin Franklin. Welcome to the Instinctive
1: Influencers Podcast, a show where influence becomes one of your tools for success. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Ed Haley.
0: Hi, I'm Brian. And I... I'm Ed. And this is the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. How you doing, Ed? I'm
1: doing uh I'm doing great, man. I always feel better. Post workout, post everything. The day is rolling, and I got a date to go to the movies with my wonderful wife. So those are always uh
0: recipes for a good day. Yes. Heck yeah, man. Well, you know what? And I I have to throw it out there because I'm gonna have to put your business on the street, my friend. <laughs> so here it is. We are a couple of days after a certain list was released. Um, and I have to say to you, as a, a truly great friend of mine, congratulations, my friend, for making the Master Sergeant cutoff.
1: Uh, thank you, my friend. Hey, it's been a
0: <laughs> long, hard road uh, to get there.
1: I am very grateful that the military, the Army, saw potential in me to continue. Uh <sighs> but it does add some time, man. (laughs) I'm old. I know. I know. but uh, Yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. And so, you know, honestly you were the first person to to notify me that I had made it because of the time difference and stuff. By the time it got published back in the States, I was well into bed. So um, yeah, but it got me to start thinking about like uh, most influential people in my career. And, And there's a long list of mentors and people who have influenced me, but you know, there's one guy that really it's no way anybody else could have had more of a impact on my career than this one individual so back in 2010 i was at fort drum and i was a sergeant e5 and uh they were trying to get me to reenlist and they were saying hey you know a retention control points coming back which basically means hey you've you've been this rank and you've been in army this many years. So they're going to pretty much ask you that at the end of your contract, you, you leave. Um, and they were like, Hey, we can reenlist you. You'll get six more years. That'll put you at 18 years and 10 months. At that point, um, the magic number in the army is 18 years. Much after that, they're just going to let you retire. So they're like, you'll retire as a Sergeant, but you'll retire. And, um, to me, there's nothing wrong with that. Cause honestly, if you do 20 years, and you retire as a sergeant, you still did 20 years. But at, mentally at that point, I was in a place where I was like, I'm not retiring as a sergeant. Uh, my maturity level was such that I just thought it was a bad thing. And Sergeant First Class Patrick Arigo, he was a uh, maintenance guy, and he was in the process of his own retirement after 20 years of service. And he pulled me aside. He heard me saying these things about, I'm not, I'm not realistic. I'm getting out. And he, you know he pulled me aside and he said, Hey, uh, I just want you to know one thing that when the retirement check comes in the mail, there'll be no rank on it. It's just going to have your name and it's just going to be a check for your years of of service. And I thought about that and I talked to my wife about it. And the bottom line is I reenlisted. I reenlisted because of that exact statement, a hundred percent, nothing else. It was that statement. And so that was 2010. I go on from there. I go to Fort Campbell 2012. I make staff sergeant finally, uh, which I had, no idea. I had no idea. I hadn't been looking at the promotion list. Uh, my wife actually called me on my cell phone. I wasn't supposed to have because I was in training in Louisiana and told me. Uh, so I made the staff sergeant three years later. I made sergeant first class. And then here I am now going to make master sergeant. And, you know, if, if it wasn't for Sergeant Arrigo retired, I would have gotten out the army. If it hadn't been for that moment, that perfect setting him saying that, and the respect that I had for him as a person. uh, Yeah, no, I wouldn't be where I am. So I'm grateful to him and, and his amazing influence. He has had not just on my career, but honestly on my life. Uh, Because I mean, I get out of E5. Who's to say what would happen from there now? you know, I've added several hundred dollars to my retirement check. I've brought more money into my house. We've been to Germany now. So I've done, it's, it's just a huge influence impact he had on me, Brian. That's, ins- that's
0: just awesome, brother. I mean, just, you know, to hear, hear a story like that and to, to know that, you know, there are people out there that can have that type of influence on us. Uh, and I've, I kind of feel the same way about certain people who I've met throughout my career and i've had I've had contact with and I've learned from, but I mean the fact is that that individual he had such a an effect upon you that now here you are over twenty years and now you're going to be uh basically promoted to master sergeant, which is I'm telling you that's not it's not an easy feat so listeners out there if you're not a part of the military, yeah. I would tell you that to reach that level. It's, I mean, it's really an honor. Uh, I can tell you, like, even when I, when I was giving my speech, when I got pinned, uh, I choked up, you know, because I, I couldn't believe, you know, such a thing, you know, and then they thought I was good enough for it. And to, you know, to know that you also are going to be there. Like I told you over the, I told you over the message when I sent, congratulations, brother, as soon as I saw your name, I got goosebumps. I was like, yes, now we can call it the E-16 show. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the E16
1: show. Just so you're aware, when I when I finally got your message, Brian, I was literally in my backyard. It was 4 a.m. and I was watching my dog Patton take a poo. wow And I saw that <laughs> message, and uh very quickly grabbed her when she finished, brought her in the house, and woke my wife up.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. <laughs> But you know what? You, and the the thing is, I was glad you brought up that story. I really was, because I think it falls right into today's topic and what we're going to discuss today. Um, I I think this. We have a lot to talk about. Hopefully, we don't go too far overboard with it. But it's really about creating a legacy of influence, right? Uh, for instance, that sergeant at the time, he influenced you, and. You, don't, you, you didn't probably realize it then, but now you look back and you think about that was his legacy of influence. That's the type of person he was. He knew how to keep people motivated to do the things. I mean, he was going through his process then. He had no skin in the game. At that moment, if you stayed in or got out, uh, and that was the legacy he left. It He wanted to continue to motivate people even though it's not really his job anymore. Um, and that's the type of thing we're going to look at, you know. So today we're going to get into audience is today's topic is legacy influence and how you leave that legacy influence. All right. Uh, Ed, you got anything else for the before we jump right into this?
1: Yeah, just that, you, you know, you're 100 percent correct, ron Like i had only known him a couple of years. I was only in that unit for three years total. I'd only known him for a little while and, and I had only worked directly with him for about six months before he got promoted to sergeant first class and was moved. Uh, to take over bigger and better things. So like you said, he really didn't have a skin in the game. And him and I would pass each other and we would speak. And we were, you know, cordial, obviously, and respectful because, I mean, he was senior to me. But just, and so a few years later, and I I told you, I ran into him. I was traveling and I was up near Fort Drum, stopped at a gas station on my way to Canada. And just random, man, I, I went in to get something to eat. And my wife was in there and he was in the store. And uh, I got the opportunity to thank him face to face when I made Sergeant first class, I got the opportunity to thank him face for to face for that, that moment. And of course he was humble. No, I really didn't do anything. No, you did more than you'll ever know you did. But yeah. Uh, and I think what we do as, as, as leaders and influencers, our legacies are, I, I think they're very important. I, I think they're, you know, critical to who we are as people.
0: Absolutely, man. and, and, and- and how we go about it is critical to how people remember us down yeah, the road, oh. too. You know, I I just I I do have like I do have like a little bit of pride in who I am. And I don't want people to down the road say, oh, yeah, I know whoever was. He was blah, 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 you know, in, in a bad negative tone. You know what I mean? So,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: All right, so we're gonna get right into this. Uh, basically, pulling some information from two different sources. You've heard us talk about previously. Uh, talk about from the Green Notebook, which is a great website. I'm gonna make sure that I I will attach this particular article. I'm only using a little bit from it, a very small amount. I'm gonna attach that to the show notes so you can click on it and you can read it over yourself. But also, we're gonna pull from another really cool article from uh, I would say who's in I would say a mentor for me when I read any of his material, and that's from Jim Rohn. Uh, Jim Rohn is, you know, he's known for many great speeches he's had, and just, and the wisdom, and, and how he likes to turn things to help people learn better, so we're really going to pull a lot from Jim Rohn, but a little bit from from the green notebook, because it is a great uh, source for those looking for, you know, trying to help themselves develop a little bit more, all right, so right off the bat, let me let me read what I got here, and then we're going to talk about it. When you look back, and your contributions throughout your career, what will matter most to you? How will you judge yourself and expect to be judged? Too often, as leaders, we do ask ourselves these simple questions throughout our everyday lives. We wait until the end. Then we examine the tough questions. Did I do all I could? Did I put enough energy in the right areas? Did I make a difference? Instead, we should pose this question all the time. What will be your legacy and how will you achieve it? A little bit further, they go into another little section here about legacy principles and lessons learned. So I'm just going to read this little tiny bit and then and then we're going to get right into about how we actually leave that legacy. Discipline your leadership energy. Do first things first. I love that idea. Do first things first. We all have limited time and energy. Therefore, it is essential that we remain disciplined in executing our priorities, prioritize, communicate your priorities, mm-hmm. and hold yourself and your team accountable to these goals. Resist distractions. Do first things first and be ruthless with your time, money, and workforce. So with that, Ed, when you think about like being ruthless with your, let's just say your time and money, and maybe even workforce, What I mean, what does that like... What kind of picture does that paint Ed's head?
1: So this is, this is we talked about it on previous episodes when we reviewed uh, the book about great leaders. This is my problem with meetings, because, uh, you know, to me, sometimes meetings are excellent and there's some value added. But then sometimes they do waste my time. They waste those re- valuable uh, resources. So that's kind of where it takes me. It may be a little bit off, but that's where this really leads me to you know uh to to go to meetings and then realize okay so if i realize this meeting is no value added i'm probably not coming when you send me a calendar invite next time like that's me being ruthless with my time my time is important i'm not coming in there sitting doing you know what i mean yeah oh it would be good to have you okay uh i've been invited to meetings here Hey, you know it'd be good to have so you somebody from your section there. Okay, well, what are you looking for from us in particular? Well, just to, to be there. So, what is the what's in it for us? What's in it for our section as, as a whole? Where's the value? Well, you know, really, it's just to have you there. Okay, yeah, I won't be there. I just that's just me, you know, trying to protect my resources. And yeah, you gotta be ruthless. You can't be well if you say maybe. And I may go the first time. I may go. Yeah, there's no value added from you. Okay, let me check it out. But that second time, you can believe I'm not coming.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, And you know, one of the things that it, it came to my mind, as soon as I read that, the first time I read that article, uh, the, that, that one sentence, the very next thing that came to my mind is actually from previous episodes we just did uh, with Kevin Cruz's book, Great Leaders Have No Rules. Uh, and I think about each chapter, in each chapter that we covered, and I think about... In a sense, that's being ruthless because you're basically saying, okay, this is the plan. This is the direction I'm going, and I'm not going to waver from this, right? And that's, to me, that's how you're ruthless with your time, your money, you know, your workforce, and that will help you set that legacy. Now, there's we're going to go through a whole group of, I would say, like nine rules or so of how to continue that. But, but I just wanted to kind of point out that you kind of have to have that My mind is made up, I want to leave a legacy, and I need to be ruthless in engaging that legacy. Now, it shouldn't, that's the thing, your behavior, personally, this is the way I see it, behavior shouldn't be constantly geared towards the legacy, it's your behavior is geared towards doing these other nine things, which will generate the legacy. used to have a sergeant major quite some time back, Uh, he used to say some things that were just crazy, but... There was one thing he always said that I truly, truly felt um, would be the best advice I'd ever heard anyone given. And I kind of felt this way myself, so that's why I always thought it was the best. But he always said, he's like, listen, don't do things just to make your NCUR look good. Do things because it's the right thing to do as a noncommissioned officer, and it will write your NCUR for you. Does that make sense, bud?
1: Mm-hmm that makes complete sense (laughs) it makes complete sense because i mean i've always believed that and i've always been taught that like just you do what you're supposed to do Mm -hmm. and the rest will take care of itself the ncoer your evaluation whatever it'll take care of itself but do what you're supposed to do make the make the difficult decisions you know and execute those difficult tasks and you'll be fine
0: exactly Exactly. So now what we're going to do is we're going to get into these, these nine areas uh, that Jim Rohn talks about uh, when, when he's talking about basically leaving a legacy. So I'm going to go right into the very first part, and then we'll jump on those nine. Jim Rohn, the philosopher who has left an undeniable legacy of time-proven principles and wisdoms, shares his secret for making an impact. You know me. I'm a philosopher. I love principles. Yes, actions are great, and I talk about them regularly. But the important stuff is what lies underneath the principles, Roan says. Here are the principles he says he must commit to in order to leave the legacy we desire. All right, so number one, right off the bat, Ed, life is best lived in service to others. This doesn't mean that we do not strive for the best for ourselves, but it does mean that in all things we serve other people, include our family, coworkers, and friends. How would you describe that, Ed? Uh, in let's in, say your own words, like life is best lived in service to others.
1: Taking care of soldiers. That's what we do. But that's not what stood out for me, Brian. So what stood out for me is as a young leader, right? I was so focused on taking care of soldiers, right, and, and, and being in service to them that I wasn't focusing on my own career. And in this uh first one, he says it does mean that in all things we serve other people, including our family, blah, blah blah. He says this doesn't mean that we do not strive for the best for ourselves. So as a young leader, I had to find the balance and what was best for me mm. and in the service of my subordinates. And I struggled with that very early and I so
0: this that's kind of what really as you read it, that's what popped for me. It sounds almost like if I would have uh picked out another book the dichotomy of leadership, you know, maybe you've heard of it. Uh, that, heard of that that particular that book, book <laughs> I think of that, though. I think, of, like, for instance, I had to take care of them, but I also had to take care of me. So I had to have a dichotomy there to make sure that I'm I'm meeting both. Yeah. Obviously, if I take care of, and I'm just saying the soldiers for now, because this can work for civilian entity also. So, so just replace the word soldier when we say it with uh, – just employees, but if I take care of the soldiers, I've always heard this, they'll take care of the mission. So I have my focus as a senior leader has to be on my people, right? I I still have to have focus. Now, don't get me wrong. We still have to have focus on what the task at hand is because sometimes we have to use talent management to pick the right people for the right job. Sometimes we have to use good time management also because you can't just hand out a task at the end of the day, you may want to, you know, back up a time frame or look at, okay, well, this would be the right time to deliver this because I need it done by X time, right? And, you you know, another thing, too, is you have to think about the, the climate. If you're going to throw a task at them, you give it to the wrong people at the wrong time in a real poor climate, and when I say climate, I mean the the, the atmosphere, the environment of the organization, you're basically setting it up for failure when you say that.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree. Like uh, everything is appropriate to that environment. And honestly, a senior leadership we control or should control or influence that culture, that environment so that things do transition smoothly.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's the whole thing is we have to take care of others around us. And then we're able to basically take care of ourselves at the same time. and, if and if you catch there, it said including our family, coworkers, and friends. Yeah. Now I didn't put them in into any type of order, but some people would put certain order, right? Like I, I tend to put my family. I want to put my family first, and my friends, and then my coworkers. Be just and, and I say that I usually lump them all together as all family. Just that's just how I feel. Like I've told I told a kid just the other day, I was like, "You don't understand." I I it was talking about um, a mistake he may have made, and I said you don't understand. I'm away from my wife and children. You all are my family here, but you would still be my family there if, if we were, you know, just, and I was trying to explain to my how, you know, the service has become my family over the years. It's funny how I'm closer to those. And then there's nothing against my, my you know, brothers and sister, my brother and sisters and mom and them. It's just I've spent more time with the soldiers, so you tend to bond with them a little bit more. You're little, you're a little, you're closer, you know, just things like that. So, but you got to be able to put all them first.
1: Yeah, and that's true. Like you have to be, and that's another. So here we go again with the balancing act. Uh, as, As a young leader, you know, you may dedicate too much time to your soldier, and you may be robbing your family of some of that time if that makes sense so that balance that dichotomy however you want to you know kind of word it but there are times that especially at, for us and what we do as a junior leader that to me is the the position as a sergeant e5 or corporal that had the most difficult time because you're the first line of defense for that problem soldier and we all know that sometimes soldiers can monopolize so much of our time that we're now Mm -hmm. uh you know our service to our family our coworkers, our church whatever else outside of you know that moment so another balancing act that we have to you know you got to learn it you learn it through to me you learn it through experience right uh you know early yeah and it strained you strained i'm gonna tell you it strained my marriage a little bit because i was so dedicated to that soldier and get my soldiers that i'm working saturdays and you know uh i remember i went on a valentine's day to visit a soldier who had been incarcerated and yeah but that wasn't good for my marriage and and later on we went to a marriage retreat with the chaplain and and we got some things together and, and was a turning point for us in our marriage but it can cause some strain in your life man if you don't understand these things and these balances so
0: no i think you're exactly right my man yeah so let's move on to number two
1: Consider others interest as important as your own. Much of the world suffers simply because people consider only their own interests. People are looking out for number one, but the way to leave a legacy is to also look out for others. It is so ironic that I got this one. Uh, (laughs) It is because I have worked for people or with people or, you know, that all I've had subordinates that all they cared about was their, their circle, their sphere of influence was their own. They didn't care about nothing outside of their selves. And um, I was getting an evaluation and, or I'd be I was, I was getting initial counsel by the bearded ninja. This guy gets a shout out in every episode. He's going to start paying for these, (laughs) Uh, the bearded ninja
0: paid advertising.
1: (laughs) And granted, you know, this was late in my life. We're going to start advertising this beard oil. <laughs> um, all right, stop it. No, seriously. He So he sat me down and he's like, okay, so at this level, we should no longer be looking at what you're doing to impact this organization. And I was like, well, what do you mean? He says, we need to look at your influence outside of these walls of this organization because you're a senior before you were senior, yeah, but you should be looking at, all right, so not only what's your influence in within the NCO Academy where we work, but what about the division? And then we did some uh, certification for some other installations. So now we're talking an Army-wide influence and not just focusing on what Haley needs to do. Now, let's, let's not just focus on Haley's college. Let's focus on somebody else and what we need to do to help them. And i honestly i'm gonna tell you brian i think that's why you and i both were selected at some point by the army to be promoted uh a few times <laughs> it's because we, we you're not an you're not an only lookout for brian guy and i've never been that guy either um well i have been i have been when i was a very young leader but um i think that's that makes an impact i think that's where they see that potential for promotion and growth is because they're like they're looking at our evaluation so like this dude is not His influence in his organization is there, but look at his influence outside of it. Look how big that is. So, uh, and that's what this one is. Not focusing on just, you know, uh, I mean, sports analogy, right? Uh, Tom Brady doesn't go out there and say, hey, I want to achieve this individual thing. No, he goes, I want to go out and cheat and get another Super Bowl. Stop. (laughs) I didn't think he would catch that. I'm going as soon as you say Tom Brady. No, but seriously, the quarterback doesn't go
0: out and say, I want to be the MVP. So you think about that, what you brought up. He says he basically takes a pay cut almost every other year to allow for salary, um, you know, to open up so they can bring in more players that he can play with to earn those. You know, I mean, that's an unselfish move in a sense.
1: Yeah, and that's that's what they're going to look at uh that's part of Brady's legacy as an NFL quarterback right is that he does that Michael Jordan took a pay cut to make the team better uh my my favorite Magic Johnson uh they kept Pat Raleigh said hey I get it you like to pass I need you to score and he went out there and started scoring more and they win a championship you know what I mean like okay if that's what you need me to do for the greater good yeah I prefer to throw out these assists, but let's do the greater good. I'll score more. And that's what he did. And his assist numbers are down, but the team wins a championship. So his legacy is he sacrificed for the greater good of the entire organization.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's funny that that particular one came up also, because I just had a conversation this week this week, with a good friend I have, I've made here, um, who I don't think I ever want to lose contact with. Um, he he doesn't have like social networking or anything like that. Uh, I just <laughs> have to figure out how to stay in contact with him. Um, but he's he's also within the E eight range, and we were talking about moving somebody to a certain position from how we'd like to recommend an individual to go to another organization because one, it'll be a good fit for him, and two, it'll help boost the performance of that organization in the time of need. At no point was it, you know, did we want him here because it's going to make us look good or anything like that. It was really like, hey, how can we how can we lift this guy up to get him further along? The crazy thing is uh, that particular individual's boss was just furious that he was going to leave their organization and all this. I'm like, that to me, like, you're holding somebody back because you're being selfish, because you want your organization, and I got it, yes, you do want your organization to be better, but at the same time, why don't you give somebody else a chance also to step up, so this person would leave, and take on a larger role, then you allow somebody within the ranks to do the same thing as step up, and take on a larger role, Um, not too long ago, well, I'd say it was about, I'd say about two years ago, uh, I was talking with I don't even know if he's retired yet. He probably He's probably finishing his time up, but Sergeant Major Ward, Sergeant Major Sean Ward, he was a great guy. He told me over the phone, because we had a conversation over the phone, because I was seeking some mentorship. He told me over the phone, he said, listen, he said, if there's one thing I could ever leave in people's minds is you can never hold somebody back for the better of the organization. You have to let them go to do better things for themselves. And it will, in turn, make your organization better over time. And I couldn't agree more with him. And that, since then, since that conversation, uh, I, I think of this. Consider others' interests as important as your own. Mm-hmm. Because at some point, you know, it's kind of like karma or you reap what you sow type thing. It's going to come back to you. It's going to be the right way. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. So it's really funny you mentioned that. So I had a desire to go to be a warrant officer at one point. Well, to be a warrant officer, you have to work in the warehouse and you have to hold a certain position. So I was a sergeant and I had been working in the same job for a few years and I tried to go to the warehouse and they would not let me go uh, to the warehouse. And so I told them, hey, these are what my kind of goals are moving forward. I I need that in order to submit a packet to become a warrant officer. And I was held back because the organization uh, – needed me to stay where I was, so they were gonna get somebody from the warehouse in exchange it was gonna be a one for one swap out but they because of what I already was doing they they did not let me leave and thus the reason I never ever became a warrant officer which I'm now happy that I didn't become but you sometimes you got you know you gotta cut the, hey I got it Brian is my guy he is my go-to he makes things happen but I'm making Brian's career stagnant because I'm not letting him move. It's it's time for me to cut loose and let him go. And I can somebody else can come in and maybe they do a better, maybe they're better than Brian, but I don't know if I hold Brian back. So yeah, that's and you mess up people's career. Like honestly, let's say I didn't make let's say I did get out as that sergeant E five. Somebody didn't let me go to warrant officer school, and that's why I had to retire as an E five. That they affected my entire life. Because they didn't want to let me leave the motor pool.
0: Yeah. No. Exactly. You know. And I'm going to make a bold statement here, a really bold statement of sometimes I think people do that and they hold people back like that because of their own complacency and they are they become lazy in their ways in a sense too. Because you think about it, if I put somebody, if I send, if I have somebody who's going to move on to a better job or something with more responsibilities or anything like that. And I move somebody up, I've got to now work with that person that's been moved up. I've got to train them. I've got to help them. I, I've got to go outside of my normal routine of things to ensure that that person is successful, right? And that to me is, well, I don't want to let this person go because right now I like things how things are. I'm being selfish. I'm being lazy, and that's the type of that's why I said it was kind of it's kind of bold in a way because people don't like to be called lazy or people don't want to, to realize that they're being complacent in their ways. And we have to constantly be evolving in our leadership. And that's part of our legacy. Right. So that's just what I thought about it.
1: Yeah, that, that is. Yeah, you're, you're right. And, and so I just got to throw it out there as my favorite phrase I learned from a commander one time. And, um, you know, when people hold you back, sometimes it's your own fault. You're a victim of your own success. You're so good at something <laughs> that they feel like they can't survive without you. Mm-hmm. Victim of your own success. I used to hate that phrase when that commander used to tell me that, but yeah.
0: I, I used to get it from him quite a bit. Yeah, we won't <laughs> we'll never talk about the one time it happened to me. Ooh, you know what I'm about. <laughs> All right. Hey, so Yeah, that didn't come off. <laughs> but, yeah. Peaceful yeah. bliss. All right. <laughs> so you can stop now. Uh love your neighbor. This is number three, y'all. Love your neighbor. Even if you don't like them. It's interesting how we're often told to love each other or love our brothers. And then, but we're never told that we have to like them. Liking people has to do with emotions. Loving people has to do with actions. And what you will find is that when you love them and do good by them, you will more often than not begin to like them. All right. I, there's there's tons of people that I, I can tell you right now that I've dealt with within my career over the past almost 21 years that I really did not like. I didn't want to be around them. I didn't like their attitude. It's just those things. But at the same time, I know now, and I, I wish somebody would hit me across the head when I was much younger, I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, I know now, though, that I still have to uh, treat them with a certain dignity and respect constantly because I do believe in that. You reap what you sow, all right? And if I sow love, then I receive that back. If I, if I sow kindness, I reap that back. But if I sow into that earth loathing, hatred, uh, disrespect, just all those nasty words, then I'm going to get that back. And I may get it back even worse than what I gave it. And that's just it, I, I think it's a mentality that I've learned to live with and that's why I, we've talked about it before when I when I see people I try to smile at them and I try to I try to greet them and, and and I'm not saying my way is a perfect way I'm just I'm just offering this up as a solution but knowing that I have to still love them you know um, as human beings it's just I don't know it's it's definitely changed I think we've said this before and uh, it was quite some time back you said something to someone. And I can't remember who it was, and you had you had a conversation. You said, "No, you don't really know him that well." You you were talking about me, and you said he doesn't really hate people, and you know that stick that has stuck with me, Ed, for a very long time. I mean, you said it a few years back, and ever since then, it's just like you know what he you know, and I never noticed that. Because that's what I've been I've been striving for. But once you said it, it's like click something. It's like, you know what? Yeah, he's right. I don't hate anyone. I I can't. Although I dislike their attitudes, their the way they talk to people or any of that stuff. I can't hate them because at some point I have to realize that that may have been me at one point and they deserve a chance.
1: Yeah, sometimes, I mean, and then there's been people, for me, there's been people that I was like, I really don't like this person. But from a distance and then... A task or something puts us on something together and I'm like okay they're really not that bad it's not <laughs> I don't know it was kind of a you know what I mean like you judge them and then you're like oh well they're not that bad well, even at the at the NCO Academy when I first got there you know everybody was like oh the infantry guys are going to treat y'all bad because you're support and I, so I went into my platoon and in my platoon I had a, a Cav Scout and an infantry platoon sergeant and i so i went in kind of like you know i don't care if they like me or not and then after i worked with them a little while i was like these guys are okay they're not you know what i mean like they're not that bad like so y- mm-hmm. you realize okay i like them now so the only thing is i'm gonna tell you right i kind of i don't i think the love thing is a little strong here but hey this guy has a lot more uh credentials than i better credentials than i do but uh Mr. Rome, I just I think love is a little strong for this. I know we overuse the word and stuff, but mm-hmm. but I do think it's important. The dignity and respect, that's absolute. Yeah. Like I've worked with guys that were arrogant and, and and self-centered and only worried about themselves and I just do not like that type of person, but I treated them with din- dignity and respect. And then they returned it, and then when they didn't return it i I may have threatened that one person, but that's only one um <laughs> because he was nasty to me, but I usually do not i i return I give it to them, and then when they return, I return that that kind of uh treatment but yeah and, and I think that's part of who we are and again, we're talking about legacy here, right and I want that I really want that to be my legacy, yeah, you know he whether he liked them or not, he always treated them the same,
0: yes, yes. And, and and you know what though, you don't have to treat everybody like the exact same way, but you should always to me you should always treat them with the same respect, dignity, and and just and and that openness or kindness because over time people start feeling that 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 shift of the climate, the environment, whatever it is. And at the same time, when I look at maybe it's somebody who I, I do dislike their attitude or how they talk to people and I, somebody comes right to mind right off the bat with that. And (laughs) you may, you may remember, but I just, I still talk to that person and I try to give him advice and I try to, you know, be there for him. Uh, but obviously things didn't work out for him. Huh? I got it. I understand, but I'm not going to change my attitude towards him. I still, you know, I still, I'm still concerned. I'm still concerned for him, you know. I want to make sure his health is okay and his mental stability is okay. All these different things. But I think what happens is when we do that, I, mean, I used to ask I used to ask kids all the time, when you're dead. And I know this is a this is a real morbid type of thing to ask somebody, but I used to say all the time, what do you want your tombstone to say? And I, 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 all the time. What do you want your tombstone to say? And then I think this falls in that legacy thing. Now take whatever it is you would like it to say. And then do what we call reverse planning or, you know, and and just reverse plan all the way back to how you should be now. How is that actually going to affect what you want it to say, right? Um, A loving, you know, whether it be a loving father, great friend, amazing leader, and just really cared about people. Like, if that's what my tombstone says, now I got to live that. I, I don't want some false stuff about me on some stone in the middle of a cemetery you know what I'm saying I I, I need to live those aspects and to love your neighbor even if you don't like them it's it's kind of funny Uh, it's just that I don't know you just it's weird when you, you you start doing that and you start showing you stop showing a ton of hatred towards people it's almost like this whole switch turns you know and you can focus on other things because you're not you're not consumed with the negative energy I guess you could say with that, ready to move on to number four, my man. All righty. Let's see what we got
1: here. We got main. Maintain- oh, man. Woo.
0: <laughs> this is my favorite one of them
1: all. Maintain integrity at all costs. There are very few things you take to the grave with you. The number one thing is your reputation and good name. When people remember you, you want them to think she was the most honest person I knew what integrity there are always going to be temptations to cut corners and break your integrity do not do it do what is right all the time no matter what the cost wow
0: ed before you go any further don't say wow. anything and i'm not going to release any more information than i have to but before we started this show we had a conversation you remember you probably remember the whole thing definitely yeah. but there was something where i said nope just keep doing the right thing <laughs> i think that reflects right on that okay we're not going to talk audience we're not oh, going to talk man. about what that is but it really hit home <laughs> when he read that and i it made me feel good i'm getting goosebumps buddy did you, did you set um, this up but did you intentionally have me i read did that not <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not. But that, I mean, doesn't that, I mean, that says a lot to you. Yes. Right. Does. I mean, just n- not what we talked about, but just the idea yeah. of maintaining integrity at all costs. When you think about, let me ask you this. You read that. When you think about somebody who maintains integrity at all costs, is there a certain person that just pops in your mind? Hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm not giving him another plug, but yeah.
0: I, I, I have one that I would give a plug. Okay. And you you'd be like, yep, that's definitely him. John Rogers. Yes. That's a good one. Then yeah. He's probably the most uh honest, upfront person, trustworthy. I um, mean, just and, and he doesn't I know he doesn't listen to the show. Um I, I'm you know, I may have to send this one to him. Just say, Hey, uh-huh. I need you to listen to this. But he's probably one of those people that makes you want to be more honest, more trustworthy, more open. It's just something about him. Its integrity is—it's almost like it's ingrained within him, and you so, can sense it and feel it. You know what I'm saying? Funny that it's funny you present him, Brian, because—and I don't remember if we've
1: shared this on the show—but so I had a soldier turn in some work, and um, they had printed out their work, and it—he turned in it wasn't his, and so I—I I, I went to Sergeant Rogers. And presented this to him, and he talked to that soldier. And, you know, the soldier was up front and just told him, you know, hey, this is what happened. The papers were mixed up. I'm telling you, I did not intentionally do this. And he's just, I mean, he's just eyeballing this soldier, right? And the soldier's talking, and you can kind of see the soldier's eyes start to well up a little bit. And he dismissed the soldier. He sent the soldier back to class. And he said that soldier is telling the truth. He said that soldier will not be coun- or will not be um, dropped from the course. He'll be counseled because we have to. He will not be dropped from the course because that soldier was honest with me. So it's just funny you kind of mentioned him with the whole integrity because he felt like that soldier had good integrity. Just by, I mean, when I tell you he was watching that every word that soldier spit out, uh, Son Rogers was like eyeball yeah kind of head shaking you know two-way communication and then he sent that soldier back to class and he says i you you'll counsel him he will not be recommended for dismissal it was an honest mistake but he did turn in somebody else's work and that was the end of it so just you know him his integrity and his ability to read people i mean that that soldier had good integrity saved that soldier's career and and honestly like a year later that soldier emailed me he was getting promoted and he thanked me for believing him and not dismissing him from that course
0: yeah you know um when it comes to things like that where you know being honest and upfront i i would definitely tell you i mean we all have our we all have our moments especially in the service like oh i can do it a little bit quicker if i just don't do it this way and i do it this and i cut these corners right yeah but when you do that then you risk getting somebody hurt you know um Damaging equipment is just you risk a, 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 a whole mess of things, right? Yes, yeah. But every time I'm faced with something like that, especially after meeting John, I often think, "What would John do?" I mean, I literally, was if he was standing right beside me, if John Rogers was standing right beside me, I would be like, "Oh, I got to do the right thing." You know what I mean? Like it, it I almost feel like he's because uh, he's really, is, really is a great guy, amazing guy. Uh, it's just something about him and his presence always makes you want to kind of do the right thing. You know, I, 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 don't know of him wanting to fudge any. Like even if you think about it, there's there were times where any anybody could have just changed something or done something else just so they didn't have to do the extra work. And he would yeah. always kind of go back to, well, no, we got to do it. We got it. We got to. We got to complete this task. Just to make sure everything was done correctly, even though it could just been fudged. Or whatever. And some people may have fudged things like that in the past, but not with John. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So
1: I can give you an example. You know, I managed the training uh, at the at the academy. Uh, so I would go to him and say, hey, you haven't done your training yet. And I'm going to tell you, there were some people in the senior positions would be like, just mark me down. And uh first of all, I told him, the, they put the wrong person in charge of this, if you want me to just mark you down, because I'm not doing that. But he would make <laughs> a joke out of it about me hassling him, but he would do his training. So if he was doing it, and there was only two people above him, right, uh in, in green suits, if he's doing it, everybody should be doing it. And he was very good about, hey, thanks for reminding me He, I, you know, oh, you're here to hassle me, I must be due for my training, but he always did it? He never once said, can you just give me credit? So even when he was transitioning out of the academy and he really wasn't going to be there for the end of that quarter, he still did the training when I asked him to instead of being like, hey, just give me credit. I'm going to be gone. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's just that's the Absolutely. integrity. And, and the one thing you didn't mention is when you compromise your integrity, you compromise it with everybody, because when that soldier, that subordinate, that co-worker figures out that you fudge those numbers. They want your integrity completely. Now that is your legacy. You're a liar. That's your legacy.
0: I'm not going to tell you what organization I was a part of, or the people that was a part. I I don't want to give those details. But, you know, (laughs) I've given people a PT test before, Uh, and they would actually try to think that I would fudge some numbers for them. And there's no way I would ever do it. I I, I can't do it within me. I think back, you know, even now. I would, I mean, back then when I, what I'm talking about though, <clears throat> you know, that would be, there may be a few years back, maybe it's recently, I can't tell you exactly when, but <laughs> even I would think, what would John Rogers do? I guarantee he wouldn't have done that, you know? And and, and that's, that's the type of life, you know, you want to live Is someone, wow, you know, such and <laughs> such, he, he was always honest with me or he would, he, you know what, he wouldn't compromise his integrity, even if I would have asked him, that's somebody who, you know, I want to look up to. That, to. To me, that's kind of. Do what is right all the time, no matter what the cost. So if I'm sorry, if you fail a PT test, you're going to get flagged. That's just how it is.
1: Uh, Yeah. And so real quick before we move on to the next one. So one time I had a sergeant that worked for me and I used to take the guy home because he lived around the corner from me, one vehicle, whatever, wife, kids. So I was taking him home. And the next day is the height and weight and the PT test. And he says to me yeah, I really hope tomorrow my neck is about a 17 and a half and my waist is like a 38. I said, uh, I'm not sure why you're giving me your measurements that you need, but let's hope that that's what they are tomorrow because if you're relying on me to make <laughs> them that, that ain't happening. Now get out, you're home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. he didn't measure and and he got flagged and then I went to school and they lifted the flag so he could go to another duty station and this dude had the nerve to call me and be like hey i didn't get an award when i left
0: <laughs> oh wow said, are you That's kidding crazy. me right now
1: i know what your measurements were they let you leave like the army they just they just yeah. pushed you through the system you ain't getting no award don't call me no more but yeah no he gave me his measurements yeah I sure hope tomorrow i come out to be these <laughs> and your story just reminded me of that right exactly. it's like it's, i'm not compromising my integrity because it's crazy it's so much to it. So if let's say I did fudge his numbers, and now they find out. Now, I'm in the process of losing, possibly losing my rank, not being able to bring home the same amount of money to my family. You think that I'm going to compromise my well-being and family's well-being for you who didn't do the right thing and get to the numbers you needed? Mm-hmm. No, I'm not to compromise mm-hmm. my integrity for you. Uh, but apparently something gave him the message that maybe I would, maybe because I was getting him a ride home. We thought we were friends and I was going to do that for him because he was my friend, but absolutely not. If it was my friend,
0: it, they'd still get the same numbers they really got. So, yeah. And, and you know, you had to think about this too, though, Ed, uh, where, if if we reflected back, let's just say, let's reflect back to rule number one and rule number two. One was, Life is best lived to service of others. And two, is consider others' interests as important as your own. Those two do not mean you can, it's okay to violate your integrity to do things for them. It's you keep your integrity and you still try to do things for them at the same time. But if they can't meet that, that standard, whatever it is, and, and, and we're talking Army's standards here, that maybe there's, let's say, somebody in a warehouse, right? And they decided they want to just start chucking these. They work in a warehouse where you do a lot of boxes or, or food. Food's always a real dangerous thing, right? And they drop food on the floor all the time, and it's constantly getting contaminated. Well, I'm sorry, but my integrity says, hey, we need to do something about this. Instead of, we're not going to cover this up and repackage it and just send it on its way because at some point down the line, something's going to happen. And that's, you know, to me, that's where we have to look at is these are, these are all steps and they shouldn't violate each other. Um, I think as influencers, and this is just a value that I hold, I think as influencers, as leaders, and even as non-commissioned officers, I truly feel the bedrock of everything we do lies upon integrity. Everything,
1: I can agree with that, Brian. I, I can agree. All
0: right, so let's move on to the next one. Number five, you must risk in order to gain. Whew, man, of the things that I have risked through the years, <laughs> let me read on. <laughs> in just about every area of life, you must risk in order to gain the reward. In love, you must risk rejection in order to ask that person out for the first time. In investing, you must place your capital... At risk in the market in order to receive the prize of a growing bank account. When we risk, we gain. And when we gain, we have more to leave for others. Risk, I I, I would just tell you this. Uh, Risk mitigation is very important. Definitely in the Army. Definitely, you know, just outside of the Army, whatever it is, safety-wise. But at the same time, we also have to look at, if I don't go out on a limb to trust someone to do something, right? Or um yeah just to trust someone to get something done i'm i'm putting my come like, on my, my eggs in that person's basket to get this thing done even if though if i don't know they can do it now i can help them along all that stuff but i'm i'm also creating a little bit of risk there because i don't know if they can complete that project you know but at some point they've got to learn and grow and i have to enable that and by risking the possibility of failure, which we will talk about failure in a little bit. I think that's around number eight. I have to risk that failure just to ensure maybe the betterment of that person, of the organization, and just my even myself at some point too, if you think about it. I'm, I'm, if I'm taking care of those two things, the other those two things are going to take care of me. So I really think, you know, I, I've, I've done a few things in my time where I've, I've risked things the wrong way, and then there's all the other times that I risk things the right way, and I can tell you, Ed, I don't know how you feel about risk and whatnot, but it's almost like in my gut, I know when I've risked something the wrong way. Like, oh no, like I, it's like a big oh no, you know, and and you and I feel overwhelmed.
1: Yeah, you feel weird. Like yeah, like an empty kind of feeling. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> but then when I risk something that seems like it should go the right way, I literally feel like this joy, like, oh, yes, you know, just like that, yes, I can't believe it, you know, that type of attitude. <laughs> um, how, how, how about you? How do you feel about this whole, you know, you must risk in order to gain?
1: Well, I mean, so we've talked about before kind of, all right, I put Brian in charge of a project that I'm confident Brian can handle, but he hasn't done before. Right, so I'm I'm that's, that's me assuming some risk. Now, me, I would probably say, okay, if the suspense is really Friday, I'm gonna make Brian's suspense Wednesday, so we have some wiggle room to try to fix it if he does not, you know, achieve the the, the, the desired result. But just by doing that, we talk about leadership capital on an episode. I'm giving, I'm building me some leadership capital with O'Brien. And when he comes through, he's building some capital with me too because now I know I can trust Brian to make something happen, but it's a risk. you know. I'm the one that's going to get the, the butt joint if that spreadsheet that I give to Brian is not done or the database isn't correct or whatever it is. I'm going to assume some risk, but we have to because then, listen, look, look again, Brian achieves it. I have a gain in capital with him. Co- he gains confidence from me. So we gain some things through uh, assuming those risks. So there are times, but we have to really, you got to do some assessment too. You can't, or uh, analysis too. You can't just assume risk to assume risk either, right? Like we have to look like what could be the second, third, fourth order effects if this fails, because, you know, all risks aren't great. But some, I mean, when they, when they come in, man, it feels good that, hey, I took a chance and it paid off.
0: So it's funny you, you say this. Uh recently uh, I would tell you, probably within the past two weeks, I went out on a limb with some risk that I would say let's see, how do I say this without giving too much information? <laughs> I would just say that it kinda got me chewed up and down just a little bit and made me kind of feel um smaller than I should you know, than I am. But at the same time, I knew it was a risk that had to be taken to understand the capabilities of what needed to be done. You see, so I I needed to make it a learning lesson not only for me but those around me. So everyone saw the big picture. And then once it happened, when I made this decision and went through it, after everything was said and done, then I I I talked to multiple other uh e 8s within the organization and and I I sought their guidance or just really just vented with them a little bit to try to kind of feel out what we could do. And we literally, before um, the event that was taking place finished, fixed the problem to a certain extent. Right? So basically we, we were able to get what we needed and now we're just waiting on it type thing. But I felt like I, I, I was kind of risking something because I didn't know what the capabilities are now, I did this once before when I was younger, <laughs> but this one time before was very, very bad. Very bad. It actually happened about 18 years ago when I was here in Korea before. When I was a young specialist, I think I was a private, actually. I may have been a PFC. <laughs> Myself and a, uh, a guy that, uh, well, he's no longer with us. He he uh, He passed away a few years ago, but... Um, we decided to take an LMTV, four-wheel driving. (laughs) We locked that bad boy in a four-wheel drive, and we're we're in an area where there's plenty of um, area to just ride it wherever you want to. What we didn't know was there was a pond there. I ended up putting that LMTV in the pond at about a 45-degree angle with the face down and the rear end up. It was stuck, very stuck. So that risk I took was a bad idea. Should never have done it. I, was, I shouldn't have tried to push the limits, so to speak, as I was talking earlier, which is different, much different. In that same story, I walked around to all these different big trucks. We call them Hemmets in the Army. Uh, they're very large, and they have huge chains with them. And I took all the chains from every single one of those vehicles, uh, it's probably eight or nine, whatever. I don't know the number. It was quite a few chains, and the chains are heavy, so I, I was huffing it that night. I and this all happened at night. And I linked these chains across the pond and hooked them to one of the large trucks and tried to pull it out. Well, I, we tried on the backside; it didn't work. So we we're going. Well, hey, we're just going to go forward. So we tried to. Ended up Brian uh, ended up breaking the universal joint to the drive shaft. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> From the first four four wheels to the back four wheels. So now I have two trucks stuck with a chain that's tight enough for you to walk across. And it not bow. Yeah. So you can imagine that type of risk, Nah, bad idea. Yeah. Now, I tell people this all the time. I don't tell them all the time, but I I try to teach them about, you know, making good decisions and things like that. If I have a small conversation, I don't put it out in a massive group now. Well, anybody that listens to the show is going to hear it. And there's there's still one guy out there I think has pictures of this very incident, uh, Daryl Palmer. He's in Florida, retired. <laughs> but but I think about I think about the risk. I was we decided we wanted to test the limits. We wanted to risk it and see what the LMTV was capable of. Bad idea. That wasn't the right place, the right time. Um, there wasn't the right um, safety factors in place. Somebody could have got hurt. All kinds of things should have could have happened. But at that moment in my life, I was so young and so stupid that I didn't really think about those things. Now that I'm older, you know, before I go into something, and many times I'll think about multiple little pieces. But I'm not going to think of everything. So when I talk about like that incident that just took place this, you know, past two weeks, I thought about many risk factors that could happen. And I thought about ways to mitigate that risk, but I'm not going to capture everything. And sometimes we have to just say, okay, you know what? I think we can do this. Let's go for it. Or I know it could work. And, you know, when when things didn't work the way I wanted it to, we were able to make adjustments and make it work. So either way. But uh, that's my little uh, little piece on risk.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Definitely did not pay off the first time then.
0: (laughs) No, not one bit. (laughs) So what do we got next, my man?
1: Uh, so next is you reap what you sow in fact i may have said that earlier you always reap more than you sow you plant a seed and reap a bushel what you give you get what you put into the ground then grows out of the ground if you give love you will receive love if you give time you will gain time it is one of the truest laws of the universe decide what you want out of life and then begin to sew it well i mean and this this one here i guess where i'm so i work with some folks and sometimes the way they talk to people is very unprofessional and then they can't understand why people talk back to them that way and i'm like but you just did the same thing so it's kind of seems kind of like you get that so that's that person's legacy like they're they're always going to be known as that person who's disrespectful. So not a good uh, legacy to have, uh, you know, a, a, as any type of leader. Heck, even a subordinate, you don't want that kind of, you know what I mean? Like legacy. So This is good. This, this is a good one, though, because I like where the last sentence, decide what you want out of life and then begin to sew it.
0: Yes, definitely. Yeah. It, it, and I would definitely tell you that it, it, it if you think about it, let's just think back when when we were uh, each in the classroom teaching soldiers to be leaders, right? Yep. It wasn't that we were, we didn't just teach what was to be taught or we didn't just facilitate what was to be taught. But we also gave experiences and came up with questions to help them learn because we knew at some point, and, and I guarantee you probably said the same statement that I said in the classroom multiple times was, hey, I'm getting older. At some point, I will no longer be a part of this organization, and I want to see you become successful and take my spot.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, hey, you know, that, Brian, that really just, um, you really got me with that because when you think about it, so the or, the Army is going to keep going on. I mean, we've been around for a little while. I don't know if people knew that, but, yeah, the Army's been around for a bit. But the next generation is going to be better than our generation. Why? Because we're planting that seed now. And when they get better and smarter and stronger, that's us reaping a bushel. You know, uh, you and I are going to be sitting on a porch somewhere having a, a a drink of our choice, whether it be adult or uh, sweet tea, whatever you drink. Uh, but we're going to be sitting on a porch someday. someday and guess who's going to be defending us? Guess who's going to be protecting the United States and its interests? Yeah. Those soldiers that you and I planted those seeds in, while we were teaching, while we are leaders, while you're a first sergeant, while I'm a mass sergeant, those soldiers are that's our reaping our bushel. We're going to be sitting back like huh, I'm safe and secure because I planted a seed when I had my chance as a soldier. And it's the same thing in any organization.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is you don't realize what you're doing completely or they don't either. But over time, you know, I think back of the words of wisdom of others that have been, you know, that have been great leaders in my past and I learned from and and it helped me, you know, when I I mentioned Sean Ward and, and he said, you know, don't hold people back for the organization. Instead, move them forward for themselves to help them. You know, that, that sticks with me. Or when I think of, you know, I've said this before, Sergeant Major Bryan, and he said, we had 300 some, whatever people in this organization. If each one of you did one good thing today, that's 300 something good things done today. You know, It's those small, I mean, they they seem like like small little statements, but when you actually put them into effect, they're huge. Like, if you think about it, if one time, just one time, one day, those 300 people went and did, all 300 did one good thing for somebody else, that's huge. He planted a small seed that created this massive bushel of good things. And that's and that's the type of attitude to have. Now, obviously, you're gonna have people who are negative in this world. You're gonna they they're very pessimistic, or they just want to do harm to others or bad things. Yeah, that's going to happen. I understand that. And whether it, you know, and it doesn't have to be a military. It could be a civilian entity. It could be somewhere in the government. Somewhere it could be of a of a community. You know, no matter what. But the thing is, is if you're trying to do the right thing you're trying to plant those seeds. You know, uh, there's an old saying about the mustard seed, you know, uh, that you plant a mustard seed, it could move a mountain at some point. You know, you think about that. It's some things are just going to keep going and growing. Um, you, When you think about, let's just think about the Revolutionary War, right? You're a big historian, right, Ed? Okay. We won't say
1: I am, think, but I am.
0: <laughs> you are. You're huge in history. You think about the Revolutionary War. If they didn't, make that that conscious decision to basically say, no, we're not taking your taxes anymore. We're not dealing with this. We're not dealing with your rules. We're taking our country for ourselves. If they didn't do that, I mean, we basically, if they didn't make that decision then, it may have been made down the road, who knows, but we would still be British, part of the British empire at the time.
1: Yes, and we would be breaking for tea here shortly. So yeah, you're right. <laughs> no, but you're you're right. Like uh, <laughs> you're you're absolutely right about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, you think about it, reap what you sow. I mean, when you think of the names of George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, uh, Thomas Jefferson, uh, let's see who else, Ronald Reagan. I mean, you think about like famous presidents, right? They reap what they sow. They really try to do some amazing things and look what has happened you know I mean, we have the country that we have in america because of the likes of george washington we have some of the best you know uh, i guess you say laws in a sense because of like people like thomas jefferson we have the freedoms across all races ethnicity what gender because of the words of abraham lincoln right you think about those things i mean to me those were some of the people who they sowed a small seed of whatever it is they were sowing. And it's compounded over the years. I mean, we still read some of the works that they've done. Or people still use what they did as examples of leadership and influence. And to me, I, I love it. I dig it completely. Hello, Clarice. Ed. Hello, Ed. Oh, my bad. No, I got you. I was talking about the history and the influence of you know, and how Lincoln and Washington and all of them they and they, and, and Thomas Jefferson they influenced the greatness and how they just sowed a small seed and how look at how it's grown. Yeah, I mean.
1: Throughout history, not just American history, there's plenty of examples of them. You know, seeds being planted uh back in the day. You know, all the way back to the Romans. But yeah, maybe they didn't see their bushel that they reaped, but it's there. Like, so just because you as an influencer or a leader, you know, you may be planting a seed now, and you may not, you may not see that influence, you may not see that impact, but at the end of the day that legacy is there and and somebody's gonna still remember that type of connection so um like you said with the founding fathers like yeah they don't know what life is like now but if we invite them to dinner like i talk about on our uh instinctive responses <laughs> let's see we could but yeah they don't know but i mean they've had an impact there's still things that Came about back then. They're still in place. There's things that Napoleon did that's still in place, and forms of government. So, you know, that are still in place, and they're in place for a reason. They've stood the test of time for a reason. And and so when they planted that seed, you know, here we are. We're we're the ones benefiting from it. So I think that's important, and that's part of their legacy, and that's why we still talk about these people in history. That's why we still study. That's why they still make documentaries and movies and all these things about these these folks is
0: because that is their legacy absolutely man i I couldn't agree anymore all right number seven hard work is never a waste no one will say it is too bad he was such a good hard worker but if you aren't they will surely say it's too bad he was so lazy he could have been so much more Hard work will leave a grand legacy. Give it your all on your trip around the earth. You will do a lot of good and leave a terrific legacy. Man, I, so mm-hmm. I've got these two sergeants that work uh, basically for me, um, they, and, and they're kind of like a direct report to me kind of thing. And I just told a kid just the other day, not these two guys. I I because I was just telling him how you know you got to become noticed. I was trying to teach him, kind of mentor him a little bit about listen, do the things that need to be done and do them as best as you can, and people will notice these things. And I said, take for instance, and I named off those two sergeants that work for me, and I said, those two guys, I know if I ask them to conduct something or get something done, it will be done, and it'll be done to a, a level of professionalism every time that is just phenomenal, especially given their ranks. I I even told them, I said I'd give I'd give them one my left leg and one my right leg if I had to, you know. Just that's the type of people they are. I love their hard work and how hard that they pursue things. And I know what you're gonna say when I say this. <coughs> so one of the things that I like to do, I like to work out and I like to do the CrossFit thing. Uh yeah, if you listen back episode with Jimmy Summer, he he talks a lot about, you know, how he changed his workout routine. So I started doing that. Well, and I started looking up things I know, but I'm getting to something here. So I started looking up some of the workouts and some, how to do some of the exercises because I wanted to learn more and understand it. And then I stumbled upon a couple people who um, people who may have known as they're considered the fittest people on earth type thing. Uh, there's one, Rich Froning, and then the other one is Matt Frazier. Both have won the CrossFit Games four times consecutively each, and. I think about like when I watch those guys and how much hard work they put into it, and and the dedication, and just so when I go to the gym and I'm I'm still starting to feel sorry for myself, like oh this is so hard, or oh I don't want to go hard go on anymore, or, I I could just shorten the number of reps, or I could do this, and I think to myself of those people, I think well no they kept going, why did they keep going? Why do I have to stop? So I'm gonna push myself a little bit more, and and that's just a small example though, right? So that same thing could happen, whether it be a warehouse maintenance guy or, or, or like uh, you know, somebody who's working in a supermarket and they manage all these people, you know, to keep going, or somebody who works um, for Duke Energy. You know, somebody who works with Duke Energy. Ed, I do yeah, know somebody, I who uh, for <laughs> so, uh, somebody who works with Duke Energy. Somebody who works with Duke Energy, and they think, uh, you know what, I I don't have to go this far because you know this is. It's absurd and no one will ever notice. Well, if you do work that hard, um, if, if, you, if you do put, a, your, put yourself out there and you, and you keep pushing and pushing, it does pay off in the end. I truly believe that, right? Um, what are your thoughts on that whole working hard is never, never a waste? I'm going the
1: other way. So, yeah, no, I agree. Like lately I've been watching a lot of – there's a show on um, the History Channel. And it's called the strongest. Oh, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, it's called the strongest man in history. And they have a young man from Colorado named Brian Shaw. And he is the four-time world strongest man, uh, which is second all time. There's a guy that won five from Poland, but he's the four-time world strongest man, but all that hard work and this guy, like when he travels and all the effort to to eat and force feed and all that stuff now some people are gonna say well it's not healthy but hey it's his dream it's what he wants to be but it's never a waste there's no such thing there's no such thing as a bad as a wasted workout if you get in there and you work out you did something you did something more than schmuggatelli on the couch at home so there's no wasted workout now do you have to go in there and have your heart rate you know it's 70 80 percent and and all this other stuff well you might want to doesn't mean you have to um but really i only did that because brian brought up crossfit so i had to bring up the world's strongest men (laughs) so i'm gonna tell you my wife started a new job she she's same same job but she got a, a different location and one of the things that stood out as she left her boss told her She is such a hard worker. He's going to definitely see an impact when she goes because she works hard. And now at the new location, one of the new her her. So she's a supervisor. So one of the people that work for her has told her, I like working with you because you work. So that's her legacy now in that organization at two different locations. Uh, She had another guy before she moved. He didn't like he didn't want to work with her on a weekend because he thought she was going to just sit around and be a supervisor. And then after he worked with her one day, he said, I would work with you any weekend because you get after it. Uh, So that's kind of my wife's legacy now within the organization that she works with. Right. Yes. Uh, And that's what you want. You want that uh, or that, that, you know, you want that reputation. And then what that builds is they know that she works So when she's not on the floor working and she's doing the paperwork as a supervisor, they realize, okay, she's doing that because she has to, because any other time she's out here getting after it. So for me, this is one of the ones I definitely would love for my legacy to be. At least I don't know about hard work, but he worked Not he was lazy. That would be a terrible thing to imagine having on your tombstone. Here lies. Here lies Edward Haley. Too bad he is lazy. Like, that would be terrible, man. <laughs>
0: yeah. No. You know, it's funny you brought it, you know, and you thought you brought up Tammy. And I know, I mean, yeah, she's she's always a busy, but she's always on the go, go, go. Uh, and she seems to, you know, get after it. And when you brought her up, I and I thought about Michelle, my wife, and, you know, mm. like, Yes. I'm telling you, <laughs> the fact that she deals with my two little ones on the daily basis, the way she does and how she is constantly, cause there's no way I could have ever done all the things she's, she's doing. There's no way. I mean, she's involved with everything and she's not getting paid for, you know, like from an organization, obviously, you know, uh, she's, she's, she feels like emotionally she's being paid in and our children are being paid, you know, because they they get to have their mom around all the time, and she's always trying to you know do something to help educate them and whatnot, and and, Ethan, and meeting all of Ethan's needs and whatnot, it's just it's phenomenal. I mean, I I couldn't tell you like we I, I'll have conversations with her. We talk over the the Facebook Messenger all the time, and and some of the things that she tells, I'm just like wow. And you don't get a red cent for any of this, but you're still pushing hard, man. You remember if you remember correctly. Not too long ago, I want to say on an episode, I brought up the idea of the dash. You know, so and so lived from this date to this date, and then there's the dash in the middle. Right. That's what I think about. I think about things like that, man. Like, that's legacy. Like, that dash is legacy. And I think about, I think about, like, how my wife does things. I think about, you know, the friends that I've met over the years that have just been in great impact, like you and John Rogers and the Bearded Ninja and, and, uh, and Brian, uh, Sergeant Major Brian, just all of them, you know. I, I think of those people and I think about what their dash represents to me, and I and then how it reflects upon their legacy and and everyone that I named off yeah. there and there's plenty more. Tammy yeah. is involved in that. Mm-hmm. Just there's plenty of more. Is every single one of them? I, I I could not use the word lazy with that individual. If that makes sense. Yeah, they, no, exactly. they are always hardworking for with. Everything they do. It's and it's just and it's inspirational in a sense, if you think, you know.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's and that's but and then for me, I think that the payoff too is that you when you're a hard worker, you know you're a hard worker usually. And and you know, I think that's part of the payoff. But what we as influencers sometimes have to be careful of is if we have that hard worker in our organization, we tend to ride them till the wheels fall off. We tend yes. to break them down, right? Ride ride the horse that got us here until it can't ride anymore. Um, So we, we is, we gotta be careful with that, but yeah, that's a great, you know, that's a, that's a good legacy to have. And I think uh, that, and I think another one that I, I would love to have on my tombstone would be, he was a great mentor. I think that to me is that that's a legacy I would be proud of, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And that can be hard
0: work too, man. That really can be.
1: It is. It is hard work.
0: <laughs> what well, do you think? I mean, because you think about it, uh, and we can criticize anyone, but at the same time, are we able to criticize, and not just criticize, but we able to point out things, but then give them advice that will truly make them better? Or would you just throw out advice that's random instead of actually evaluating what's going on and then come up with actual helpful solutions? And there's... The, that I mean, that is...
1: Tough. And there's no cookie-cutter solution because what may help Brian, if I'm mentoring Brian, may not help Ethan if I'm mentoring Ethan. Like So there's no cookie-cutter yeah. to it either. And that's what I think makes it really no, challenging. not one bit. And I think that's why it's valuable to be looked at as a good mentor.
0: Absolutely, man. I love that. A, that's a, that was really good. All right, so next one, number eight. All right. Oh, this plays right
1: into one of my favorite podcasts. Don't give up. When you fail, imagine what legacies would have never existed. If someone had given up, how many thriving businesses would have been shut down if they quit at their first failure, everyone fails. It is a fact of life, but those who succeed are those who do not give up when they fail. They keep going and build a successful life and a legacy. So right away, I'm going, I'm going to go to sports because I think it's easy. Can you imagine if Chris Webber gives up after he calls that bogus timeout in the NCAA tournament? <laughs> I remember. I mean, that like we're it talking about yesterday. a Hall of Famer now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But we're so we're talking about a guy who's a Hall of Famer. What if that was his legacy? If that's where he it ended? What if he didn't win Rookie of the Year after that? What if he didn't go on to have, you know, however many All Star appearances, Olympic gold medals? Yep. That could have very well been, if he had just been like, you know what? I failed. I can't take it. That's it. What if Michael Jordan give up when he got cut from his high school basketball team? You, you know what I mean? Like these are, we're talking like in the sports world, we're talking about some legacies, especially Michael Jordan goes to the Air Force Academy because he got cut from a high school basketball team. Now, with, where's the discussion of the greatest of all time? Like-
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll give, I'll give you another one. What if he? What if he quit to realize he's going to be a backup quarterback after being selected seventh round, and that's it? He's like, eh, I'm just going to sit on the bench for a while. I nope. I mean, he, yeah, he didn't quit. Have six... He did quit once. What? No. He... Tom Mike, Michael Brady. Jordan did quit once. Oh, oh I'm no, talking about Tom, Tom Brady. Brady
1: Mike... <laughs> no, no. Michael Jordan quit. He quit once. And yeah. Then he quit again and came back to what he was the greatest
0: of all time at. <laughs> You know what though, though? I mean, I have a hard time saying he quit. I think he just needed to redirect his focus for a little while because of what happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, his dad yeah, played a no, massive fair. role, and and that's why. Like, I I was never upset by the fact. I mean, I was upset that he he didn't play basketball anymore, but it's not like I didn't look at him as a quitter. It's just like, man, that guy's going through some stuff. You know, he and I really believe yeah. he just had to get away and clear his head because you think about it. I mean, his dad was a big part of his life so but yeah you could i mean you could say that there's so
1: many examples though brian like i said yeah. so this leads me to my favorite one of my favorite podcasts the team never quit podcast oh man and lone survivor marcus Luttrell. Yes. yes what if he quit what if he just gave up in afghanistan you know what i mean we, like what yep. if he this dude went back to afghanistan after all of that like uh you know what if his team had quit what if uh murphy never goes up there to make that call and loses his life like so there's so many examples just in that but that podcast every episode there is a what happens when you don't quit so like i said we don't make no money off of that but that is a good one if you want some feel-good stories and and some heart-wrenching ones I, i particularly like i don't like the story but i like when there are people on there uh usually females who something has happened to like the reporter who was uh, attacked in Egypt because Marcus Latrell's like, I tell you what, if I could, me and my boys would have been there. We would have been there. And he gets, you can hear him get upset. And it's actually kind of funny to listen to him, his response. Like, Oh yeah. So, but yeah, there's so many stories like about not giving up. And that's an excellent, amazing legacy to have.
0: All right. Yeah. Like when I think about that, when I think about the lone survivor thing, I mean, you think we wouldn't have had that story? We wouldn't have been able to learn from such an event if he would have just given up. And 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 when you when you go through, I mean, yeah, you can watch the movie, but you got to read the book to really get the like to really feel oh, what was man. going on with that. And, and I mean, he should have died of dehydration alone, but he didn't quit. He found mud nope. puddles and stuff like that and sipped from them, you know, to keep hydrated. Just he. I'm when he talks about, um, there's, there's a point in his story. In as a matter of fact, he talks about it on the podcast with when his dog was shot. You remember that? Yeah. And he chased those guys down in his truck and shot. I mean, it was like some Wild West type stuff. Um, but basically, some crazy people shot his service dog in a front lawn and he wasn't having it. He chased him down, you know. I mean, he's definitely uh, somebody to, you know, look to for that whole never quitting. And and if you think about it, I would have to also say that 'cause when you when you read the um uh, the initial part of Lone Survivor, it kind of goes into the training, um, training up to become a Navy SEAL and whatnot. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hard work. What we talk about, hard work is never wasted. He him and his twin brother put in a lot of freaking hard work. I mean, they they put it in and it wasn't wasted because, you know, look what happened. I mean he uh he actually made the teams and and then he went on to you know to be one heck of a hero uh and it's you know and you think about it we wouldn't have the Murph you know if if for that team and if you've ever done a Murph <laughs> that go with this again. hey man the Murph is a they beast actually, they did it for PT
1: uh here last week I was at a rock drill but they did it for PT here last week oh um, oh yeah but you Brian we're we're you know we're, we're messing up man. What are we messing up, brother? We're messing up. So we're talking about not giving up. Right. And, and we're talking about not giving up when you fail, right? Oh. So let's talk about let's talk about episode six and loading a helicopter and it being shot down and then you reloading a helicopter. Right, what was that guy's name? It's right on the tip of my tongue. Roy P.
0: Benavidez. Uh, the the so ultimate no, another the ultimate hero who still yeah. needs a movie. We get, Hey, Tom Hanks, where <laughs> How you are at, we buddy? not
1: talking about come this on. guy. <laughs>
0: like he is the yeah. ultimate are we never d- don't give up when you fail cuz he I mean, goodness, man, come on. Roy Benavides. Yeah, uh phew, hard work, so never quitting.
1: Is, look at these legacies though. Look at these guys and and the legacies um, you know that they, they've left behind so we as influencers this is the thing like yeah all right now we know you're not going to go out there and you may maybe you're a listener and you're in those kind of positions we're not asking you to go out and load up a helicopter with you know wounded soldiers and but hey failure is what we learn from growth comes from failure in my mind yes when you mess up something or you have something that doesn't go right that that's a learning opportunities and that's what you want your legacy to be you know brian messed up the way he did man he never messed that same thing up twice i he will always i will not put another
0: lntv developed. in the pond nope <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey you know what good lesson you know what's but funny you know it's you know that's also. Awesome. yeah ed you know what's funny though i heard something recently and i saw it. i don't know where i saw it but But then wanting, like, some people trying to, like, literally try to push to change the name of Fort Hood to Fort Benavidez.
1: Uh, I did hear that. Did you also see that Fort Hood now
0: has the Air Assault
1: School and who it's named after? Who is it named after? Command Sergeant Major Basil Plumley. Aw, you got to be kidding me. Really? That's awesome. Yeah, they made it the
0: Sergeant Major Basil Plumley Air Assault School. Another guy who didn't quit, you know, who wasn't going to give nope. up when they were failing because you think about it, man, that when you go back to that whole story of, you know, we were soldiers young once. I mean, come on. Oh, man. The stuff that they were
1: the on was just, I mean, all odds uh, stacked against these guys, a, a broken off platoon who separated from everybody
0: else. Never gave up. Yep. I mean, never quit. Yep and somebody would some people would see that as a failure or or, or, or hey phew, i don't think we're going to make it hey, let's call in the people get us out of here but no they kept fighting they kept driving i mean it's that's why i've always i tell people all the time my heroes are world war 2 i mean and, and i could say further away if i want but world war world war 2 uh korean war and vietnam war like those are my like those are the people that i and i think it's because i've had a connection with people been a part of that and that's why but those are my heroes those are the guys just like the things that they've gone through and and to know those stories and how they just kept pursuing um for victory or to to save their buddies or or just to do anything to me you know failing forward is not just a phrase but it means you just gotta you know you keep going thomas edison he he'll say you know pull up your bootstrap what's that yeah you think about thomas edison when he said that you know, I didn't I didn't fail a thousand times when trying to figure out the the problem with the light bulb. I just figured out a thousand ways not to make the light bulb. I figured it out after a while. <laughs> so I mean, you, just, you know, you think about that. I mean, you just you don't give up when you fail. So.
1: And there goes, the general.
0: There she is. All right, so we got the last one here, Ed. Before we we're gonna do this one, then we'll close out this show. it will be another good show. Uh, All right. Number nine, don't ever stop in your pursuit of a legacy. Many people have accomplished tremendous things later on in life. There is never a time to stop in your pursuit of a legacy. Sometimes older people will say, I'm 65. I'll never change. That won't build a great life. No, there is always time to do more and to achieve more, to help more, and to serve more. To teach more and to learn more, keep going and growing that legacy. Yeah, I I think about that too. Um, I don't, Ed, have you seen it before? This is one chart I've seen it. Um, I think I've seen it on multiple devices. It's it's a chart, and it and it shows different people uh, in the stages of life or the 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 ages in life when they actually were considered wealthy or they made. You know they're millions, and it's insane when you see this chart because usually all the the people that actually pursued it and made it not they weren't I'm not, not, not I'm not talking about people who were uh, the trust fund babies or they they uh, they've got a uh, inheritance from their grandparents or parents. Or I'm talking about people who actually were poor and became millionaires. Many of them. Did not earn their first millions until they were almost in their fifties. Normally, in their mid, they're in their forties, mid forties, somewhere in there, and beyond. That's, I mean, to me, some people just give up by then, right? They just accept life as what it is, and I, I have a hard time with that, man. I, I tell Michelle all the time, I'm like, listen, once I get out of this army thing, hey, we're gonna start, we're gonna start making moves to try to, you know, kind of escalate our. Our currency that we have in the bank account—that <laughs> makes sense. But to me, it's like, why do people just settle and stop? I mean, you think about it. When they say oftentimes that people that continue uh, living uh, even through their older ages, in their nineties, even up to a hundred, normally they never stop working of sorts. They do something, right? It's the ones—it's people who just kind of. And I can't say everyone, so I don't want anybody to take this wrong. It's just one of those one of those mentalities that I I have in my mind right now that I want to pursue. But to keep going, keep doing stuff every single day, and pursuing, and and then that day comes and that I drop dead. Hey, so be it. But if you keep pushing and pushing, you keep doing stuff every day. It helps keep you going. It helps keep that that. Uh, the brain functioning helps keeps that heart pumping helps those lungs open up it's just those limbs moving to me that's what it's about it's keep pursuing no matter what what did you have to say there ed
1: there used to be a guy used to go to the gym at fort campbell that i went to this guy was amazing this guy had to be every bit of 75 80 years old and he come in with his little sweatshirt and his wristbands and a headband And he would get on the pieces of equipment. He would continue to kind of, I mean, he wasn't lifting a lot, but he was lifting something Mm -hmm. and he was still in there trying to get after it. And here he is. I mean, it was keeping his blood, you know, keeping his blood flowing. I think that for me, these people that you're talking about who, you know, achieve so much success later in life, I think it's probably, some of that is probably a product of the lifelong learning that they've done. Like throughout their life, they've picked up little bits here and there, like think about yourself could 20 year old brian achieve the things that current brian can absolutely not probably not right yeah well what's the difference experience yep well what do you get from experience learning so you've been learning all these years for that success now at some point some people just tap tap out and say hey that's it for me i just want to sit here on the couch and work crossword puzzles i don't even know if that's a thing anymore but but they 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 don't want to keep uh moving and then in, in our field you know a lot of times it's it's a, a saying that these folks that do 30 years of military service tend to die within the first few years of retirement because they just stop so your body's so used to that 6 a.m wake up and go 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 all day that then you stop it and you deprive it and your body's just like well what do i do now you know yeah so but, yeah, I think I think a lot of that success comes from the learning process throughout the course of your life, like a, a lifelong time.
0: I, I have to agree, man. And, and and it's the the ideas that you're probably – that those seeds we talked about earlier that are getting planted, they're now growing. they have grown to where you can now pluck that fruit of success. Uh, it doesn't – it wasn't – I'm going to tell you that right now. When I was 19-year-old, I didn't think about the things that we do now. I didn't think – Well, podcast was no such thing then, but I never thought about you know trying to reach out and branch out and do stuff and try to become successful in X, Y, and Z. I had a couple things on my mind, and I'm not going to mention what those things are, but most people know what a young 19-year-old guy (laughs) thinks about all the time. But it took time. It took learning from others, lifelong learning, like you said. It's taken, I mean, it's just so much has gone into it. And if I could take just even the last 10 years, of what I've learned in the past ten years and box that up and sell it to someone, oh man, I'm telling you, it would just and or how about I'll just box it up and give it to someone? Well, that's kind of what this podcast is. We, we're try to we're trying to box up all this different stuff that we've learned over the years and we're trying to give it away so people can learn from it themselves, um, and then they can make maybe some choices and they can start doing the things that they they want to do to become you know to have a legacy or to be a better influencer or a better leader or a better manager or whatever it is that they want within the realm that they're working so i definitely have to say yeah man it's it's uh one of those things that we just have to kind of keep pursuing no matter what don't stop there's, yeah, there's no need i think uh, that falls right back into that never quit yeah. oh yeah
1: excellent tie into the never quit like you know uh Just keep it moving. Yeah. Okay. We're not talking about failing and never quitting. but you're still talking about just keep moving. Don't, don't quit. Um, and and, you know, continue to learn and grow. And, you know, your your post military career, Brian, I'm confident you'll probably be way more successful than you were in your military career. Uh yeah, granted, the window's a little shorter on your timeline to be able to work, or but maybe not for you. For me, it is, but if not for you, maybe, but still. You can do something and you can leave a legacy there. And now you've got, you know, multiple, when I think legacy, I think, you know, I have a legacy with my wife. I have a different legacy with my children. You know, you have a legacy within the military. Heck you have a legacy within an organization in the military while you're there. And then you leave, you know, you can believe that when, when you leave some of these places, people are like, Hey, we used to have this guy and he did, x y and z and you know he changed oh who changed this uh training schedule to you know like this oh it was this guy we had like three years ago blah 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 you know what i mean so that legacy mm-hmm. lives on
0: long yeah. after you've left an organization and, and i think that's uh that's powerful yeah exactly i want to little something that i found that kind of kind of culminates all this together and really hits upon that that last part of trying to never stop the pursuit for the legacy. And it's actually from Grant Cardone and he talks about keep stacking the wood. It's impossible to have too much wood on your fire. You and your business can never take too much action or have too much success. Don't worry about getting too much authority being talked or written about excessively being covered too often or working too much with any fire You have to keep adding wood to keep the heat and the glow. Obsess over how to keep your fire burning. If you don't, it will turn to ashes. Keep throwing wood on your fire until you either start a bonfire or burn the place down. Don't rest and take it easy. And never stop. Your fire has to continually be stoked. And that means more and more fuel. And in your life and business, more actions. It is a myth to believe that successful people just kicking it back. That's a good point, you know, to think about just life in general, Ed, was stoking that fire. When I was a kid, we had a fireplace. Um, We had a a wood stove. And if you didn't add more wood to it, well, there was no more heat. So we constantly had to check it. We had to clean it out. We had to constantly add more wood to the fire. And it, it was just a repetitive process, like never ending. And... If we let it go out, well, obviously, we had to pay the consequences of being cold. And I think that really plays a big role in our life in general. Where is my firewood? Who's going to chop it down? I mean, these are all questions we can pose if we, you know, metaphorically. Uh, who's going to carry it and pile it up? Who's going to add it to the fire? Well, I have to do all this stuff myself, but I can find help along the way. For instance, if I have to find wood... I can ask for suggestions from someone and, hey, do you know where I might be able to get some advice on X, Y, Z? So that's finding a wood. And then, well, um, you know, it seems to be that this is a larger task than what I could normally handle. Hey, Ed, do you mind coming over and helping me? So now I got somebody to help me chop my wood down and at the same time possibly help me stack it. And then when I'm noticing certain things are going on, I can go ahead and grab those little tidbits, those wood or those those resources that I've gained that we gain together and then I can add them to that fire to help keep it going. And then I keep adding it and add it. It's just I love the the thought about that, man. It's just it it really helps kind of culminate this entire thing. What do you got for him before we start ending this show off, Ed?
1: So the firewood analogy is pretty good. I, I kinda like it. And so to me, I'm a little older than than Brian. Um so I have to I have to keep stacking wood for my career. Uh you know, I've had to be like okay what is it that's gonna keep me like keep my fire going and in the military service so that's why when you started talking about stacking the wood and you read your the piece i was like you know this is kind of it you got to continuously find something uh you know even in the gym same thing like you got to change stuff up if you do the same workout every day every day every day every day eventually you're going to be just left with a pile of ashes because you're gonna you're gonna get tired of it and it's gonna be like yeah but if you go, hey, like, you know, like, I'm doing a workout now, and one week you're after 10 to 12 reps, and then and then the next week you only want to get six to nine. But that means you got to adjust your weight, and it changes the workout. And then one week it's like dumbbells, a lot of dumbbells. And the next week it's a lot of cables. And mm-hmm. those are things that change and keep you going, right, instead of letting the workout yep. get stale. And it's the same thing in an organization, Brian. So yeah. I think that that was an excellent way to kind of wrap everything up in a nice pretty little neat bow or throw it all in a nice
0: fire. Absolutely, man. Well, I will tell you, I've got a task for this week, a simple task. It's pretty much kind of like uh, previous ones that we've had, but the task is this. One, share the episode. So whether if you listen to it on Spotify, share the Spotify. If you listen to it on a Google podcast, share it on a Google podcast. If you listen to it on iTunes or Apple podcast, then share it. Also, at the same time, why don't you recommend this particular podcast or the, even our closed Facebook group to someone you know. Help grow that legacy. Help somebody else become a better them. That, if, you, if you're doing that right there, you're, you're already hitting some of those points. You're already basically uh, life is best lived in the service to others. So you're thinking about somebody else that you want to help. So you already hit number one. You consider others' interests as important as your own. That's another thing that you're doing. And you're loving them even if you don't like them. If you, if it's somebody that you, 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 you want to help become better, you can offer up suggestions and you can offer this show for them. Maybe there's something on this show. Maybe there's a particular episode that you've heard that you think could really help them become a better them. You know? Maintain integrity at all costs. Well, I... Give us honest feedback. That's what we want from you. Ed and I would love to have some honest feedback. Either leave us something on Facebook, send us a private message, go on our website and leave some comments. Uh, You can leave reviews on Apple Podcasts, which would be great for us because that helps us get recognized and known. Leave us that honest feedback. And if you think, if you don't like what we're doing, let us know. We don't mind. It doesn't hurt my feelings. I'm going to keep going as much as I can, and I love to have some. Uh, Take some risk. go out on a limb, right? Risk in order to gain. So maybe you risking offering this show to somebody else may help them gain some knowledge. And in turn, you gain some credibility with those individuals. And maybe now you've created a relationship. Wow. And then you'll definitely be able to reap what you sow when you do something like that. And then remember, no matter what, hard work is always going to pay off. So if you fail with this individual and it doesn't work out, you can move on to another person. But don't quit that person. Remember what we talked about. You don't give up when you fail. You don't want to quit them. You want to keep going even if things don't work out with them. Uh, always remember that you're going to be putting these people first. And don't ever stop in that pursuit of legacy, no matter what. So task was share the show and then also offer something to someone outside that has not heard of the show or anything that you can offer it up to them. All right. Uh, with that, I can definitely say that you can find us. If you have, if this is your first time listening to the show, please go back listen to some of our old stuff, or older stuff. Uh, we're about to start recording episode fifty. Episode fifty is going to be q and A. Q&A. It's going to be our second Q and A show with Ed and I. It's going to be awesome. Uh, we're really excited. Ed actually pitched an idea to me mm-hmm. before we started recording this, and I think it's going to sound really good if we do that. So if you happen to have a question that you want to be thrown out there for the Q&A show, here's what you can do. You can, one, you can put it on the closed Facebook group page where I've already posted the question. You just got to type 101 influence in the search bar. If you're not a part of our closed Facebook group, you will click on that, then you'll hit visit group and you're going to join our group. Uh, just got to answer some questions and then submit. And then one of us will, um, will accept you. So you have to do that. You can offer questions that way. You can send Ed or I a personal message if you just don't want us to, you know, don't want to uh, put it in front of everybody, but you still want to ask a question. We can always keep it anonymous. That's easy. We love to do, you know, whatever it is to help others. Um, or, I mean, you just send us a message in any in any way uh, to, you know, let us know, hey, this is a question I've been thinking about. This is somebody said at work one time, what are your thoughts on this? Hey, man, we are all about just answering what we think about things and maybe what we have to say could help someone who knows, you know, and that's, that's what, that's the whole pursuit that Ed and I have kind of followed with this. And I'm telling you, man, I, I'm, Hey, we're, this is what episode 40 and we're, we're still going at it. I mean, we've got (laughs) so many ideas, Ed, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah. And I, I, I love the freshness of it. Like we have one plan and then we come up with some other ideas and we might change course and then go back. And so it's been, um, yeah, uh, the agility we've had with our episodes have been pretty good so far. Insane, man. Just crazy.
0: So just remember that um, with that, I don't really have much more. Do you have anything else for the audience Ed, before we let him go? No, that's all I got this week. All right. Well, with that, I am Brian and I am Ed and this has been the instinctive influencers podcast. We thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.